when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Hey guys, Sari Delamont here. This is a recent Facebook Live that we've uploaded as a podcast. Enjoy. Well, good morning to all of you. I'm glad to be back with you this very bright and sunny morning, at least here in Portland, Oregon. I just returned from Finland about a week ago. If any of you have been to Finland and visited, do let me know in the comments because most people skip Finland and I am so in love with my country of origin. I was born here in the United States. Uh, for those of you who don't know that I am 100% Finn because both of my parents were born in Finland. And so we have a cabin there that we try to visit at least every other year. And uh, we took off for three weeks this summer and we were in a cabin kind of isolated from the world and it was wonderful. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Paul. Thanks for joining. And uh, so I am glad to be back, although it's taken me a little bit of time to kind of get back into the groove of things. It's hard when you're away for three weeks. Um, but what did we do in Finland? Those of you who are wondering, basically we swam, we went to sauna. If that's how it's pronounced, by the way. It's the only Finnish word in the English dictionary, sauna, not sauna. And we have a nice wood-burning sauna in Finland. So it's quite nice to go and do that, a very different heat. And uh, that's what we did every night. We went to sauna, built the wood-burning uh, fire in there, threw the water on the rocks, ran into the lake. It was wonderful. Hey, Paul. Uh, hey, Patrick. All right, so today what we're gonna be talking about is this idea that you should allow the jurors to control voir dire. And the reason why I want to talk about that is because I've been seeing so much of the voir dire uh, that you bring either to the studios or those of you who have come out and work with me one-on-one -on -one, or even the voir dire in actual courtrooms when I'm there assisting. And uh, hey, Lauren. And so I want to talk a little bit about this idea that you need to let the jurors control the voir dire instead of you controlling it. And then I'm also going to talk about how it should, when you shouldn't do that, I should say. So when you shouldn't let them control, because there are obviously times. But let me first define what, it, what I mean when I'm talking about this idea of letting the jurors control the voir dire. So often when you prepare your voir dire, you get so, especially if you come through my studios, you work with me per personally. I know many of you have purchased the Wadir opening combo pack on the website that walks you through step by step. If you haven't done that, Chrissy will put a, a link in the notes. Many of you, I've had, I think, five requests this week. Now, notice that it's Wednesday. Five requests already for help for trial in September. Y'all, you gotta know, you can't call me two to three weeks before trial and expect to get some of my time. I would love to help all of you, and don't get me wrong at all. But you have to call at least two months in advance in most cases to get some time on my calendar. But those of you who are going to trial and you need some help and you can't get on my calendar, the combo pack that Christy will put in the comments is a great way to start. 
But here's my point, is that many of you, regardless of how you come into contact with my Wadir method, will be like, this is so great, and I love how systematic it is, and you come up with this wonderful Wadir, or we together come up with this wonderful Wadir. And that, my friends, is where the problem starts. Because as wonderful as the Wadir is that you and I can create together, or you can create on your own, it is just the starting place. Here's what I mean. So many of you, when you get into Wadir, you start to look at that Wadir structure, you know, the context statements that I help you create and then the questions that come as this sort of script where instead it should be a prompt. So for example, I, I remember I tell this story, I think in some, one of the podcasts for a different reason, but it makes sense here too. I was introduced to someone in the city of Portland, she's the, the director of human resources, by a lawyer friend of mine, and he said, she's a former lawyer, she now works in human services, um, and you guys should know each other. So I emailed her expecting it to be a social call. And when I got to her office, we started to talk, and it was very apparent quite early that she was not there to become friends. She immediately launched into how she wanted to purchase a training of mine and what did it entail and how long was it and what were the costs. Now, I could have easily gone into, wait a minute, you know, that's not why we're here. Let's get to know each other. But permission, those of you who heard me talk about permission, how receptive someone is to your message would have decreased because I was not meeting her where she is. Now, this is the same thing that happens in Wadir quite often, in that you have this structure of the questions and the concepts and the content that you want to talk about. And so, especially if you worked with me, I'm sitting there, I'm watching you do it with our mock jury or real jury. And I know, for example, yesterday I was working up a Wadir. So let's use that as an example. It's a criminal case. I don't use criminal cases or work criminal cases that often. I'm pretty much 99% plaintiff cases and a little bit criminal defense. But it was a criminal defense case. And so the first thing that we we're going to talk about in our voir dire is the right to defend yourself as that's the defense in this case. And who here thinks that, you know, you have a right to defend yourself and what does that mean and are there limitations and so on and so forth. The next line of questioning was firearms and what people believe about firearms. Is it okay to own them? What are the precautions? So on and so forth. Now, if in the actual voir dire, and yesterday we were just putting the voir dire together, but if in the actual voir dire, in the self-defense portion of the, of the voir dire, someone said, yeah, you should be able to defend yourself. And, you know, if you have a gun, you should be able to use it. Here's what happens almost every time in my studios and otherwise is that I know that we're going to be talking about firearms in just a moment. So does the attorney. And so instead of jumping on that and going, you know, that's a great point. We're going to be talking about firearms in this case. In fact, in this case, that's a big issue here because a firearm was used and jumping on it and going where the juror has just naturally brought up this great piece of information that we were going to talk about anyway, most of you will think to yourself, well, I'm going to be talking about that later. So I'm going to put that aside and just focus on my structure. No, no, no. Listen, as great as that structure is, it is not where the magic happens ever. 
listen, we want to be prepared. We want to know our content well, and we want to be a great facilitator, which is what you are doing in Boisdier. You definitely have to have a sense of what it is you're trying to get the jurors to discuss, rally around, think about, uh, all those kinds of things. It's just like being a good teacher, for example. Great teachers are not the ones that stand up in front of their class with all their content and just blast it at the students. They come in knowing what it is that they want to talk about, what they need to cover, what are the things the students need to understand, and then together with the students, they they have this learning experience where the students talk about their experience with the content and how they view the content, whatever that may be, and how it applies to their lives. That is exactly what you are doing in Voidir. And if you stick to the script, you'll never get to that magical moment where you and the jurors create something together. Because here's what happens when you, thank you for the like, whoever that was, Whenever you decide that you are in control here and you're the one controlling the whole voir dire process, you miss out on all this great stuff that's happening because you're so focused on going through your content in the order that you have prepared it. Look, I know the number one thing about voir dire and why it's so scary is because you cannot prepare, at least in terms of what the other person or persons in this case are going to say. And that's scary. And so the preparation part is really huge. And I get that. And you should feel prepared. But once you are prepared, meaning you've got all these contents. In fact, when we do voir dire, we talk about all the different bubbles. Like we've got one or buckets. You know, we've got one bucket is like in the case yesterday, self-defense. And one bucket is firearms. And one bucket is, you know, the man is wearing a turban, whatever. We've got all these buckets. And we know we're going to discuss things in these buckets. That's great, and that you should go into voir dire having that ready to go. But the magic happens when you let go and then play with it with the jurors. You now create this other thing. It's not about you anymore. You come with your side. They come with their life experiences and uh, opinions and judgments, and together you create this third Thing. It's when you don't release your control of Wadir that it gets stunted, it falls flat, it's not an exciting conversation. That's what I mean by allowing the jurors to control Wadir. Because I can't tell you how many times I have sat and watched both either as a jury consultant in actual court or in our mock juries, and a juror will say something that is totally on our list that we have created that we want to talk about. And the attorney just absolutely says, great, thanks for that. And doesn't go, you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up because that's something we need to talk about. So let's do that now. I mean, can you imagine being in an actual conversation where you know you're going to want to talk about something and the person brings it up and in your mind you, you don't even actually respond to them? You know, you know you're going to ask them about parenting advice, and, and they say something about parenting, but you're like, you know, I'm going to talk about that later. That just doesn't make any sense. When they bring it up, that's when you talk about it. So that's what I mean about letting jurors control voir dire, in that as they, you start with your questions, of course, about self-defense, firearms, whatever, but as the answers start coming back, you start to get super curious, and you've got your listening ears on, and as they say something that you know you want to talk about, even if it's not in the order that you planned, 
you go there because that's what a live facilitation should feel like. It's not this, this structured planned thing. I mean, it is originally, but not when you have that magic happening. That third thing that you and jurors are creating together is a process that you come together and you do together and you will let them, it flows from them what should happen next. Yes, you are controlling it in terms of when the conversation starts to kind of wind down. Then you say, well, let me throw this out there. Or in this case, you're also going to have to discuss this principle and you talk about that. That's your facilitation, facilitation part. You're also facilitating when you're following up. You know, somebody says something, you go, you know, that's really interesting. Let me ask you more about that or tell me more about that. You're connecting ideas between jurors. But what you're not doing is following a script question by question that has to go in order. You're letting the jurors give you this gift of their insight and their experience and then you're playing with that. So for example, we had a mock jury last Friday with a client that was here. And one of the things in that case as a medical malpractice case is the idea of uh, doing an unnecessary procedure that out the risk outweighs the benefit. And one of the things we wanted to talk about with our jurors was the idea of even if it the uh, procedure becomes necessary, is it the right time to do it? And we started way back in the voir dire talking about, you know, procedures and risk versus benefit. We hadn't even brought up the idea of timing when one of the jurors said, you know, I think part of this is, you know, is it the right time? I mean, she basically said exactly one of the things that we talked about or we're wanting to talk about. The attorney just let it lie. And I was sitting there going, that's exactly, go there now. So that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about, about letting them control. Now, let's talk about when you should not let them control. And that is, of course, the jurors that take the conversation off the rails and in two ways. One, they make it about themselves, right? So they're talking and talking and talking. They continually override the conversation. The group is getting really uh, annoyed or irritated with them. Obviously, then you change from facilitator to leader and you take back the conversation. And you have permission to do that if the group is formed by shutting that person down and getting the conversation back on track. The second place that you want to bring control back into, and there's probably other places, but these are the ones that come up from me right now, that you want to take control in voir dire is when the jury, and this quite happen, happens quite a bit. In fact, this is one of the drawbacks of the real free-flowing voir dire that I help you create in that there's a lot of magic that happens, but there's also a lot of potential for it to go down a road that you don't want it to go down. Not necessarily in a dangerous way, but more in a way of, this isn't what we mean. This isn't the conversation. Like they start getting this idea in their head and it starts going down this road where they start debating something, the jurors, about not something that's really in your case. That's where you have to stop. In fact, so many attorneys don't stop because they're like, great, the jurors are talking, but I said, but they're going down a wrong road. So you need to stop and say, oh, I need to stop you there. You're not going to have to decide XYZ, whatever they're talking about in this case. So I'm sorry if I gave you that impression. What we're really talking about in this case, the principle you're really going to have to decide or wrestle with is this. That is your job as an attorney to get it back on the rails there. So yes, there are times when you have to take the voir dire back in control. But for the most part, what you're doing is you're throwing things out there and then playing with what the jurors give you. And ignoring your timing. Your timing is there if you need it and, and that works and great. But if the juror says something 
that is so perfect, that is so exactly what you need them to say because that's your opening. I mean, you know this if you work with me. We spend hours saying, how do we bring up this topic? How do we get at this topic without just kind of shoving it in their face or making it really abrupt? And then the juror will give us the gift of bringing the topic up themselves and we ignore them. Oh my gosh, stop doing that. Remember, that's a gift. It may be out of order. Who fucking cares? Go with it. Let them control the voir dire. You'll find once you let control, yes, you're prepared. Once you let control, you'll be much happier. The conversation will be much more fun. All right. This is a great time to ask um, any questions. Oh, hi, Jesse. I'm going to talk to you in a few days. Jesse Wilson, everyone, is with us. Um, and Barbara and Jim and Connie. Great. Oh, seeing Jim um, on here reminds me because Jim keeps asking me along with many other people, when is the book coming out? Well, we're tweaking the cover right now. By the way, while I'm talking about this, if you have questions, it's a great time to put it in there. And uh, it's all being laid out and we should have pre-orders at the end of this week or next week. And I think the hard copy is coming out sometime in September. At least that's what we're still on track for. So I'm so thrilled that so many of you are so excited about the book. I'm excited about the book. I cannot wait to get it in your hands. If you're here in Portland, we're going to be putting together a book launch party. I'm traveling all over the U.S. in the next 12 months. If you have a state organization that would like a speaker on From Hostage to Hero, I'd love to come and speak. This is the time to book me. We're already booking into next September. So um, let me know. Any questions about Wadir and letting the jurors control the process? I would really love to get this group talking more and uh, engaging more with each other. So this would be a great time to talk to me about that. Um, if you haven't liked our Facebook page, the Sorry Delamont Coaching Consulting page, Make sure that you like that. This is our private group, and this is where I'm going to be going live. And But we are posting a lot of things on that group, and you don't want to miss that. So make sure that you like our main page. This is our private group, two separate things. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Connie here um, in September, along with a bunch of other you. Voidir is sold out, but we do have a few more seats left in November for our opening statement class. Okay, well, I... Um, don't see any questions. Give us a like or a love um, before you go. And I so have enjoyed being with you this morning. I've missed you having been gone for several weeks. I'm back and we've got lots of things on the burner um, for this fall. Stay tuned and we'll talk soon. Thanks everybody. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today, and until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.